Hey, MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is having their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Draft Week. All week long, SGPN has you covered with draft props, mock drafts, and our live NFL Draft Watch Party. So make sure to smash that subscribe button at YouTube.com slash Sports Gambling Podcast. Adio, Generinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 333, 333. Um, yeah, after this weekend, I guess we will have to dedicate this episode to the future of the UF, the future face, the future king of the UFC's heavyweight division, Mohamed Usman. So this goes out to him. <laughs> There's the chuckle I'm looking for. There it is. <laughs> Thank you for coming to the show. I'm on your host, Jeff Chalks Fox. We're going to recap. Last night's UFC fight night, Pavlovich versus Blades. Mediocre results for us, but mediocre is a step up from the week previous. So I guess we'll take it. Um, I expect more, but anyhow. Um, so we'll recap that, and then we will get you set for this coming week's UFC event. A uh, fight night uh, It's going to wrap up April. So we will uh, give you a quick preview of that. And then uh, this coming Wednesday and Thursday, we will give you all our hopefully winning picks. For that, uh, I'm not doing this alone. I have uh, someone here to laugh at, occasionally laugh at my jokes. It's uh, Daniel Gummy Vreeland. Hello. So a couple of things. First of all, our picks would have been a lot better if uh, our picks also had any fight IQ. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I consistently am going to talk about uh, how uh, fight IQ tends to be the thing that costs us the most. And it's also the hardest thing in the world to handicap. Because, like, fight to fight, people will have great fight IQ and terrible fight IQ, um, which is just so disappointing. So we'll talk about that in a second. And then I wanted to make reference to, uh, to Muhammad Usman, who you He's made so bad. To. Uh, yeah, but I, I have to give a shout out to, uh, hang on. I put it even in a note. Got to give a shout out to, uh, Joe G in the discord, uh, who, when somebody made a comment about him being the motor, he said, yeah, it's got to be one of those three-cylinder geo-trackers. Yeah, um, I like that as well, yep. Very well put. And then I also put a note in here to give a shout-out to G.H. Uh, Derrick, who, after watching Carol Hosa versus Norma Dumont, said this fight really could have been an email, which uh, those are <laughs> those are probably... Fantastic. Yeah, those are two of my favorite comments of all time in the Discord. They add me out loud laughing at them. Yes, so. same with me. I, I went through it. I had to watch the Phoenix Suns first, so that's why I was not watching the fights live. And then uh, after I watched the Suns take care of business, I watched fights. And then I went through the Discord to see uh, what everyone was up to. Yeah, th- there was some lots of fun um, being had in the Discord. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Discord. Um, and speaking of that, if this is the Fight IQ episode, then this should have been dedicated to John Lee. He should have tipped me off in advance because he's Mr. Fight IQ himself. Yeah, this is uh, th- this is going to be the Fight IQ one. A thousand Nothing percent gets John matter be. than that. Nothing gets him out of than nothing he's he's a pretty even tempered guy but the fight iq bad fight iq boy and this this is a great segue into the first fight what we could let's is it let's just talk about it let's talk about it worst fight iq worst fight iq ever uh no ever ever is oh ever is a uh too all-encompassing there's there's been far worse but this is uh, worse than standing in front of a power puncher for three minutes when you have the best wrestling in the division and his wrestling is untested. Yeah. 
and shooting so. no takedowns until you're on legs made out of spaghetti. Like th- that's literally what he did. He he's the best wrestler currently, maybe ever in the heavyweight division. Like you know, like you you could put him up against maybe Kane Velasquez. Brock Lesnar, but even he had like his moments where he wasn't like pristine in his wrestling. But like Kane Velasquez, Brock Lesnar, him, I don't think Mark Coleman, because that's probably too old, but like he's a top five heavyweight wrestler of all time. Shot no takedowns until he was woozy. Uh yeah. and against a guy who his only big skill is like boxing. Like he's got no top game, he's got no back jujitsu, he's got none, he's got no kicks even. Like like Literally, you just walked into punching against a punching machine. Yeah, the main thing, my main, main takeaway uh, from the fight is we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL <laughs> playoffs are here. And what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at Underdog Fantasy? Besides daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've also already got NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half million in prizes. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN. For 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks, it's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. It was hanging over my head. I had to do it. <laughs> um, this, we should have seen it coming in. This seems to be the new Curtis Blades. This is three straight fights. He's not shot a takedown, or he's not, I don't think he's shot a takedown in any of them, has he? No. Uh, he, well, thinks he's, he thinks he's a knockout artist now. But, but, but to be fair, in the Tom Aspinall one, he didn't need to. It was 15 <laughs> seconds long. So I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to shortchange him on that one. And I don't know with the, with the Chris Dawkins one, maybe the Chris Dawkins one should have been the canary in the coal mine here because like, yeah, he, he didn't shoot a takedown in that fight. I don't believe. And he found success with his hands. And then people talked about him afterwards. Like he was the third coming of Christ, right? Like, are you the second? I I mean, I I am. I, I am when we get to uh, to to contender series, oh, or as right, yes. or as we'll talk about tomorrow. Apparently, Bellator. Apparently, I'm a Bellator. Oh yeah, guy. that's right. Yeah, we'll uh, talk about that on Monday. Yeah, I don't like even saying that, but I apparently. Um, but yeah, no, like this felt a lot like the uh, the old Gabriel Gonzaga after head kicking. Yeah. Um, Mirko Krokop. Like after that, he was like, "Oh, I kickbox now," and it's like, "No, you don't, dude." You're a jiu-jitsu specialist. And, like, maybe that's the problem with Curtis Blades. It's like, dude, he should have shot a takedown five seconds into this fight. And and I'm still convinced he'd win that fight. I'm a home I'm a home run hitter now, guys. Yeah. Do you, we, see, we see this happen all the time, like, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm going to ask you this. Is there anything, any part of that fight that would make you say if he didn't go back and fight his fight, you wouldn't pick him again? No. I, I assume he would have been able to get inside. Even though he was fighting the man with... uh top of the ape index in the ufc remember we talked about that before uh arms uh arm length based on height but but he doesn't yeah. even he doesn't even use it particularly well right like it, no. i mean he's he's not like stepping through in the no. opposite direction where he's like not using it at all but like he he isn't like he's not a lanky rangy fighter he, he he's got big shoulders and he throws hooks and straights and stuff like that so like I don't know. This was just so disappointing as somebody who enjoys Curtis Blades and thinks that he's wildly underrated to see him go in. And I'm standing by my statement. The worst fight IQ I've ever seen. Maybe he thinks this is the only way to the absolute top for him. The only way he's actually going to get the title shots he probably feels he deserves. A wrestling 
is not going to do it for him. He has to do something flashy. Maybe that's I the mean, case. I mean, maybe, but if he came in here and pounded out Pavlovich, even if they were like, well, that wasn't fun to watch. So what? Then he pounds out Tom Aspinall in a rematch. So then he pounds out Stipe Miocic. Like at a certain point, they have to give it to him, right? Yeah. Like he, he's going to run a cer- into- certain point it being the key phrase there. He's, he's never had a title shot and he's been what a top contender for what five years now. Yeah. And you know what, do you know what the common thread is there? Every single time he's gotten close to a title shot, he's yeah. run into a power puncher who knocked him out. <laughs> it's true. We should have seen this coming. Apparently but, but, all the signs but, were there apparently. Well, yeah, so yeah. you feel this is more, a case of blades losing then Pavlovich winning. Is that how we're, uh, we're yeah, talking this up? And, and we didn't really learn I, anything. No, and to everybody out there who's like, oh no, Jones doesn't want any of Pavlovich. I actually got the the exact opposite vibe off of this fight. After watching this fight, I think John Jones is salivating at the prospect of fighting Sergey Pavlovich and putting that name on his resume because now everybody's all hyped up on this dude. And let me tell you something. I don't think he's got anything for John Jones. I think he's yeah, got he's, he's, uh, nothing. He's, for yeah, Jones. he's talking like he's uh, a the the wrestler stopper now too, which is probably probably not a good attitude to have. Thinking that he, he's got his wrestling game all all, all the holes in it um, are are plugged up now because Curtis Blades didn't take him down. John Jones will make quicker work of him than he did surreal game. That and, oh, and that's, that's my yeah. No, he's my retiring. I heard though, so don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. You know, he might though, but you know. <laughs> I, I, the thing about John Jones that we can always say is he always tweets shit like that when he wants money from the UFC. Yeah. And let me tell you something. If he goes out there and just absolutely sparks uh, Stephen Miocic and there's this U.S. versus Russia fight sitting on their doorstep with Pavlovich, I think they go to the well and go get some more water for John Jones here. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you guys pro-Russia, though? I don't believe so. It, no. Isn't Dana, uh, White and his, Dana White and his friends are, aren't they? I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they are. I don't believe so. We, they haven't been to Russia in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyhow, anything else to say about the main event? Disappointing. Disappointing. Who really cares what's next for Curtis Blades? Like we're, we're done with you now. You, you I mean, he's just, he's, if he thought he wasn't going to get a title fight wrestling, he's <laughs> never getting one now. Yeah. Back, like he'll back he'll, he'll, he'll he straight up never get one now. He shall remain the gatekeeper now, uh, especially now that Derek Lewis is on, on the way. Somebody down. told me. Somebody told me he was off of a UFC contract. That was his last fight on his contract. Oh yeah, well, and if off the if Bellator that, champion, here we come. Uh, or or just like the easiest PFL heavyweight season you've ever oh, seen. Yeah, that too. You imagine that dude versus like Brutal Capaloza. Yeah, I like keep that. forgetting about PFL. Yeah, why would you go to Bellator unless they were? Paying uh, you, I mean, like they, they're paying you good money. Like you're going to make more than a million a year. In Bellator. They seem to be paying guys like. Corey Anderson a lot of money so yeah. Curtis Blades might just you know like the, the Curtis Blades might just be right down their alley because Ryan Bader is their champion right dude Apparently could you so. imagine <laughs> what he would do to Ryan Bader I mean unless well, who he, knows unless well, he boxed Ryan, Ryan Bader unless yeah. he <laughs> yeah he might you never know all right so we whiffed on the main event minus 163 um co-main event we whiffed on the co-main event we we wrote off Bruno Silva too uh too soon. This was pretty bad fight IQ too. We were hoping Pratavaras was going to be a smart fighter and avoid what happened to him, but no, he decided I'm going to kickbox with this dangerous striker who has what twelve. Well, let me check. He had going into the fight nineteen knockouts out of twenty two wins. I'm going to kickbox this guy, and I'm going to get my head knocked off. TKO, knees and punch. Three thirty five into the first round it was one of those. He disputed the finish, but uh, probably because he, he woke up. No reason to dispute that one. And actually, there were a couple of disputed finishes on this night. And let me tell you something. 
I'm with all of them. I think all of them are fine just yeah. the way they are. Um, one of them I reap the rewards of, which we'll talk about. But even that one I have a defense for later. Um, Brad Tavares, wh- why are you not making it gritty in the clinch? Yeah, that's what you do every fight. That's why you're that, not really that exciting. <laughs> right. He's, he's terribly boring. And instead, he decided to fight an exciting fight. And the people who have fought, if you, if you go back and you watch Bruno Silva, like he had some trouble with Andrew Sanchez in the clinch. Right. Like he had some trouble with Andrew Sanchez because Andrew Sanchez made it a gritty fight. Now, granted, he came back and won that fight. But like Gerald Mearshart made it gritty and he didn't come back and beat Gerald Mearshart. So like what what game plan are you following Tavares? Like such a bummer. Yeah. Two straight losses for him, too. So he's got to look out. But I, I don't think this is I guess Bruno Silva's stock's gone up a bit, but it's not like. It depends who he fights next. I, it, it's not like I'm automatically gonna gonna pick him in uh, in every fight or fade him in every fight going forward. Um, it depends how smart I think the fighter is gonna be. Yeah, you you just gotta look for somebody with an uh, ounce of grappling, and and they should have no problem with them. Yeah, um, I think we got bailed out in the next fight. Um, I Bobby don't. Green. No. Okay. Well, good. I think uh, we were gonna win that fight. Let me break it down, and then uh, I was gonna ask you a question. Anyhow, Bobby Green knocked out Jared Gordon with a headbutt incidental he didn't mean to have about him but he, he got him nonetheless and then uh pounded him on the ground until the fight stopped 435 in the first round and then luckily they actually go back and check these things and it, they realized it was a clash of heads that to the temple that uh that took gordon out originally uh and put green in that position so it was a no contest so bobby green career ends in a no contest it's career yeah. <laughs> bobby green's yeah. career King, so you King. i was gonna ask you if they run this back and whenever uh, I want. Does, I, I think. You, I think Jared Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, okay, he was landing. Explain. He was landing on the feet. Yeah, and he hadn't even gotten his wrestling going. Like, no, uh, that's a that's maybe a problem. He hadn't but, gotten his wrestling going. I mean, he, it may maybe, but like, I, I don't know. He he seemed to be doing what he needed to on the feet. He was doing that like waiting in left to right that he throws. It, yeah. it was landing. He he actually. I, I mean, he was being outstruck, but it was only. I mean, it was 17 to 23. And it was. Hit, Look at you. Yeah. yeah and, he, and he actually hit Bobby. I, I think he hit Bobby Green harder than Bobby Green hit him. Um, yeah, Bobby Green doesn't really hit hard. He's more of a Nick Diaz type, Nate Diaz type, you know, slap. Yeah. And, and so, like, when you when you consider that and the fact that, like, you know, Jared Gordon landed some really nice leg kicks in there, too, that seemed to do damage to Bobby yeah. Green. I, I think that that was going to build up. And that was kind of my whole point when I broke this fight down, as I said, you know, I think Jared Gordon is going to be better later in the fight. Um, I don't think we saw enough of a difference in them to really change the line all that much, other than the fact that I guess, I mean, Jared Gordon was a massive underdog uh, going in. So, like, if they do run it back, I bet you the line's closer. I bet you. you oh, don't really? Get, I was going to. I was thinking it might go the other way. No, I bet you you don't get two twenty-five again. I bet you, you get like one seventy. Um, right. well, it's we'll going to be my it, prediction. Apparently. Um, and I, yeah, I'll still take him at 170. I mean, I loved him at 225, but I'd yeah. still take him at 170. All right, we finally got a got a win here. Um, Yasmin Lucindo, boy, Brogan Walker, goodbye. Um, I'm sure you're a lovely person, but I don't think this UFC thing is is uh, it's all it's cracked out to be for you. 3027 across the board. Um, maybe they shouldn't feed um, feed her to fighters that are what 15 years younger than her too. That that didn't help, but. Um, little disappointing actually for Lucindo. It seemed like if she had just, you know, cut out some of the fancy stuff and just put her, her 
foot down on the gas, she, she could have finished, uh, could have finished this fight at any point. Um, but she was content to try to hit fancy spinning moves. But like I said, if she just laid it on Brogan Walker, Brogan Walker was tough for sure. But if she actually just laid it on, uh, laid on a whole bunch of combos instead of like trying to do some fancy spinning thing, and then maybe, uh, she could have finished this fight, but she got to win regardless her first UFC win. I'm actually more fine with this fight IQ than most of the other stuff we saw. Oh, because course. like yes, it wasn't yeah, that. Like, like, no, no. She, I mean, she was hitting her so hard. If in the third round when you're up, you know, massively in this fight with no chance that any punch coming the other way is going to land, like, I don't know. You want to try a spinning back elbow? Try a spinning back elbow. I don't give a shit. And like, here's the other thing. She's only 22. Uh, yes. Room, yes. room to grow here. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Brogan Walker Sanchez or Brogan Walker, depending on which one we're using here. She's definitely the worst fighter in this division. Um, I mean, she lost, to, she lost to Juliana Miller, who's the second worst fighter in this division. Only right? because Muhammad Usman's not in this division. <laughs> what a bad season of, of tough, eh? With, uh, wait That's a minute, the, that was the heavyweight season too, wasn't it? Yes. Did, those, did, these women were in the house with, were, with were those in, men. In the same season? Oh yes. my God, what a horrible season. I mean, oh, like, came out of this season. We, oh, we did God. get Zach Pounga, uh, yeah. but apart from that, we didn't we didn't get a lot. Ooh, um, yeah, no, this is uh this is the problem with the Ultimate Fighter though is that like the, the types of people who are coming off of it are Broken Walker and like no offense to Broken Walker, but she's thirty four years old. Like yeah. her her career is kind of like come and gone already, right? Like she she already fought. I mean, she fought Aaron Blanchfield three years ago in Invicta and got beat then. Aaron Blanchfield was like a child at the time. Um, literally, yes. Yeah, like almost literally a child at the time. I mean, she lost to Pearl Gonzalez, who had been released by the UFC. She lost to, I mean, Juliana. Like, her, her career is kind of like already past her. And that's yep. the kind of people they're getting on the Ultimate Fighter now is that like, it, it's not people who are looking to enter the UFC at 5-0 and in yeah. like make a big run like we're seeing on you know like like we're seeing the the Jack Della Maddalena's show up in yeah. contender series well, and yes. the, it makes more Gel- sense to do that right the Jelton Almeida's in the one like fight those... instead of a freaking reality show and a bunch and, and yeah and, and that's that's the difference too is that like the people who are highly touted prospects and especially the international ones would way rather have one fight in the apex with their coaches by their side then three fights with random ass coaches that were assigned to them at the beginning of the show and have to live for three months away from their family. So like, instead you're getting the, you know, Jordan Heidermans and the, the Mohammed Usman's and the, you know, all, all of those types of guys coming to the ultimate fighter. And, and like, they can't hang with the bottom of the divisions they're fighting in. Yep. So we're cutting broken Walker, right? I think so. Oh, and two and losses to, uh, um, I mean, just so I, I well, feel like change weight classes though. Dan, it's a new weight class for her. <laughs> I don't, she I don't fly away. I don't think it matters. No, no. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. No, no you know, it does matter though. You know, it does matter that we're brought to you by the SGPN merch store. That's very important news in honor of the NBA playoffs from now until the end of April, get 10% off anything in the SGPN merch store. When you use the promo code S G P N B A. I'm slowing down because that code threw me for a loop the first time I had to say it. So head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use the promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything, especially the SGPN uh, MMA Gambling Podcast merch. We got some classic 
merch in there. So check, check it, check it, check it, check it, check it out. Um, if you want to wear catchphrases from the show, then that's the place for you to go. Wow, that rhymed, dude. That's got to go on a shirt. Anyhow, um, all the, this one, this one felt nice. I thought we were going to lose it, but we didn't. And it was a minus one. Oh, sorry. We had listened to minus 300. Try to be professional here. Uh, that was my lock, had, too. I'm back on the lock track. Yes, it's true. We'll, we'll get to that very shortly. Jeremiah Wells came through for us. Whew. It was a it was a sweaty one. Uh, we got him at minus 110. He beat Matthew Smellsberger. No, Semmelsberger. Split decision, 30-27, 28-29, 30-27. A very strange uh, scorecard. Uh, all three of those cards are probably the wrong cards, but... Um, I don't think so. I actually no? think they were all right. Oh, that's right. You said that in the Discord. Um, yeah, I, I think they all have merit. Let, let me let me back this up. So, like, you take it over. Go ahead. I, I think Matthew Semmelsberger quite possibly did more damage in both the first and the second round. He he had Wells hurt on the feet in both of those rounds. The only problem is, is then he wound up on his back for like three minutes each in both of those rounds, and it wasn't like Wells did nothing on top. Um. And of course, the the way the criteria reads is is who did more damage towards finishing the fight um, or, you know, did more work towards finishing the fight, because sometimes it's grappling. It doesn't necessarily have to be damage. Who did more work towards finishing the fight? It can be either in a single blow or a cumulative. So, like, could you argue that Jeremiah Wells in both of those first two rounds did more cumulative damage with his long top control and the elbows he was throwing and the work he was doing? you know, trying to set up like some arm triangles and stuff like that. Yeah, you could argue he came closer to finishing it. You could also argue that in the 30 seconds that Samuels Berger was landing on the feet that he did more damage. I do think you had to pick one of these two scorecards, though, because both the first and the second, to me, were almost identical. Um, It would be really hard to say, oh, Samuels Berger won the first and and Wells won the second. If you like Samuels Berger in the first, you have to like Samuels Berger in the second. He did pretty much the same exact thing. And vice versa. If you like Wells in the first, you have to like Wells in the second. Obviously, Wells wins the third. He didn't get tagged on the feet. He got his grappling going in the third. So, like, the only thing that was for certain to me was that Wells won the third. And maybe the only other thing that was certain to me was whoever you scored the first for, you should score the second for. So, 30-27 for Wells or 29-28 Semmelsberger, I actually think are both two very defensible scorecards. Very defensible um, argument by you, too. I buy it. Sounds good to me. Um, thoughts on Wells going forward after this? Still good. You okay. know, uh, <laughs> Henzo Gracie Philly still rules. Yeah. Uh, they still only have one loss, although they're about to get a second. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, which is sad. J- JDM. Yeah, Jack Delamantalena versus Sean Brady. Can I tell you that that matchup pisses me off the more I think about it's it? It's got the discard all all a flurry. Yes. Oh, because I, I love both that's guys. A total, that's that's those guys are right up uh, our discards alley. Both those guys. Yeah, I right. I love I love both of those guys. Delamantalena more though. Brady's already kind of soured himself. I've been well, here's bit. the here's the thing though. Is yeah, Brady had a tough fight against Bilal Muhammad. Why is he not getting a? You know, somebody like a yeah. uh, Neil Magny. Why is yeah, he why not getting Neil Magny? To a new guy? Why right. are they putting the Why are they putting two young guys against each other? Like, just, this makes I sense. I hate when they do that. I just don't get it. Uh, and and yeah, they're they're trying to let Jack Delamena Lena catapult himself to the top of the rankings, and really, yeah, give should... him a young. Give him, well, give him Vicente Luque, which was the uh, the rumored fight. V- Vicente Luque, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, although he's yep. getting Michelle Pereira. Like uh, people like that are like need to be faced. I mean, he should have gotten 
uh, Jorge Masvidal before Jorge Masvidal yeah. got Gilbert Burns. Like those are the guys he should be getting, and instead you're gonna you're gonna make your prospects eat each other, and that's sad. Um, but this it's probably this easier is, said than done, though. I'm uh, I'm sure plenty. Of oh yeah, no, 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 those guys. The scenes yeah, no, no, those guys at the job, top so. want to fight Jack Del Atlanta. Yeah. Who the hell would want to fight that guy? Right? <laughs> yep. When's this fight taking place? No, we're totally uh, UFC off. Two, uh, UFC 290, the, uh, the International okay. Fight Week, which is right. uh, that card. Oh my God, man. Uh, we, we don't have to get into it right now, but that card looks amazing. <laughs> which is why Canada's getting screwed the month before, right? Yeah, that, that fight card <laughs> looks less amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, main you card. Go ahead, you go ahead and enjoy Juliana Pena, though. <laughs> hey, Vancouver is nowhere near. It's about as close to me as it is to you. So uh-huh. I won't be I won't be attending the event. Don't worry. Um, all right. We both went two and two on the main card with the one no contest thrown in there. Um, here's my lock. Didn't come through for me. I guess I should have thought this through more, thought the, the layoff more. But Ricky Glengott is lights turn out by Christos Giagos. I was predicting the opposite might might happen. Uh, Glenn might knock out Giagos, but he really wasn't in this fight. It only took a minute 35. Giagos saved his career again, I think. He's had 12 UFC fights now. That's it's insane. He's been around so long. Yeah, although that's in two stints too, yeah. which is worth yeah. mentioning. Yeah, um, so I said he saved his career again because <laughs> yeah, he he's been cut once. He did get fired once, and then he was close to being fired again. Dude, yeah. he has fought some dudes too. Like yeah. his his fight to come back to the UFC was a short notice fight against Charles Oliveira. Um, the first time he date, so he's debuted twice in the UFC, obviously once, you know, and then his re-debut yeah. the first one was gilbert burns and the second one was charles Oliveira. Nice. he's fought narman sakurian like jesus man um this one though shocking to me maybe low fight iq by giagos that worked out anyway because this is a guy who um has really like rededicated himself to his wrestling and his jujitsu um and you know obviously apart from a fight with uh arman sakurian and the the one following that with tiago moises who are like you know, two guys you don't want to grapple with. Apart from that, it had been working, right? Like he went out there and sub Sean Soriano. I thought for sure his jujitsu was going to come through here. Um, and I like Ricky Glenn to stuff it. And it was kind of crazy that he didn't look like he wanted to wrestle at all. It's not like Glenn really got to knock off too much uh, cage rust either. No. He, just, he just got his brain knocked around instead. So may have to... Um... Yeah, think about think twice before we we pick him in the future. He is getting future. a little on the old side for a featherweight too, or yeah. a lightweight. Lightweight, lightweight, right. lightweight. He is thirty four, right? Thirty, yeah, he just turned thirty four. So, and he and he did talk to uh, Dan recently too. So we should have realized that. Hopefully, maybe the stink got knocked off him when he got so, knocked out. So, so did Brady Heath, Dan. Yeah, that's true. We'll get to him. Montel Jackson first. He looked. He sure looked good. He he looked the way you'd hope a way bigger, way younger, uh, way fighter, longer, <laughs> way longer fighter in a bantamweight fight would look against Hani Yaya, who now that he has like multiple ball patches, I think we gotta totally fade him. Uh, he got knocked <laughs> out via punch at three forty two into the first round. Montel Jackson kind of seemed like he felt bad about doing that, but that's what your job is, sir. That's and because Hani is like a sweetheart. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he um, yeah. Did There's nothing, nothing to, to say here. Like, if he can get yeah, the nothing. fight to the ground, he's competitive. And yeah. if he can't get the fight to the ground, he's not competitive. And yeah. that's pretty much going to be that. That was that's not just him in 2023. That was him in like yeah. 2007. Yeah. You know, like he he beat Mark Hominick way back when, and he did it largely by being like, "Well, we're going to grapple." Uh, and then shortly thereafter, he fought Kid Yamamoto, couldn't grapple, got his head kicked in with soccer kicks, and like th- that's been him. 
his whole career. It's like if he can grapple you a little bit, good news, he's gonna beat you. Uh, and if he can't grapple a little bit, he's non-competitive. Yep. Thoughts on Montel Jackson? The rankings I do on my Substack, moneymma.substack.com. Sign up, get me in your inbox uh, every day, pretty much. He was 19th based on performance uh, heading into this, and now I, he's well. He's jumped into the top 10 after after this performance. So thoughts on him? He he needs a top 10 opponent, I would think, or at least a ranked opponent. I uh, I actually didn't rank him after this fight. I, really? I, well, I yeah I, yeah I sat there I and uh, I debated for like ten to fifteen minutes between him and Mario Batista for my number fifteen spot. That's um, way more than anyone takes to do their whole uh, their whole voting uh, ballot. Yeah sure. yeah I, I walked. I'm, I'm glad you actually put some thought into it. Oh I I put thought into it. Uh, I I. I was going to put him in there, and then I saw I already had Mario Batista at 15, and then I, yeah. I walked away, drank a cup of coffee, uh, came back, looked at the resumes again, and I just couldn't justify it because the Hani Yaya fight doesn't look particularly great. Yeah. Um, and if you look at some of Montel Jackson's other fights, like J.P. Bays or Jesse Strader on short notice who missed weight, like, I don't know. The the Julio Arce one looks kind of good. But my uh, my thought process after that, immediately after debating that for far longer than I should have, why not just run it? Why not run yeah. Montel Jackson versus Mario Batista? That's yeah. a sick fight. Now, once again, we want our prospects to be on separate paths, right? I mean, but Given, how much... Here, here's my question, though. And, yeah. and, and I agree with you, right? I, I think we, we don't want to have our prospects cannibalize each other. But they're also barely prospects anymore, man. Yeah. Like, like at this point in time, you know, Mario Batista made his debut in the UFC almost five years ago now, yeah. and he's 29. Yeah. Uh, Montel Jackson, he made his debut. Hang on, I have the um, open in a tab right here. He made his debut. Uh, it'll be five years ago in August, so he's yeah. been in the UFC for five years, and he's 30 years old already too. It's bantamweight this isn't a division where like guys in their mid thirties make huge runs. So like maybe these two guys are like not all that much of prospects anymore. Like if they were this age and they were middleweights or they were this age and light heavyweights. Yeah, for sure. Don't run them. But like, this is probably the time where you got to start running guys like that. Yeah. Eight fights and nine fights respect respectively in the UFC for Batista and Jackson. So uh, that's what I'm saying. Give them names, give them name fighters. If, if their name fighters are willing to, to fight these guys. Yeah. But what here's uh, just Who's devil gonna... devil's advocate. One more time. I know who to give Montel Jackson, Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> he, he, uh, yeah. Like we could knock but, his hat off. But here's the, yeah, uh, that you could give them, you know, the Cody Garbrands of the world too, but like, or the, somebody like that, but Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like, you wouldn't walk away from any of those fights being like, ha, Montel no, no. Jackson is that guy. I know. You know, yeah, but like, yeah. so run them against each other. Fine. Book it. Women, too much time on Bantamweight under, undercard fight, I think. We should move on. <laughs> to talk about women's featherweight, boy. Could have been an email. That's yeah. final word on it. <laughs> Norma Dumont, I picked her, so I'm happy that she won. She beat Carol Hosa, 29-28 across the board. I had her at a good number, actually. It was what, minus... Almost, it was almost the pick and fight, basically. It was minus 110, I believe. Minus 115. Yeah, Hosa should, should have shot some takedowns. Yep. Fight was bleh. Both fighters are bleh. Don't need to see them. Dumont's got a little bit of power. I will say that. Yeah. Like that, that made it a little bit more interesting. Like, she was snapping Hosa's head back. People were like, oh, look at the stats. They're kind of close. I saw a couple of people on Twitter being like, Hosa could win this. And I was like, 
have you seen the punches she's taken? Yeah. Like, just watch a couple of them. She's yeah. not hitting Dumont the same way Dumont's hitting her. Yeah. Let's talk about heavyweights. Uh, Let's Muhammad, talk about him. Hamid Hoosman, oh, he, boy, his lower body is insanely huge. How does he find pants is what I want to know. <laughs> He's so big. Um, he beat Junior Taffa. They both are horrible fighters. Now they shouldn't be anywhere near the UFC. 29-28 across the board. Um, Usman was on skates multiple times from Tafa rocking him, but then Tafa was just. It's easy to say he was, he was, he just settled to, to be taken down and have Usman on top of him. But like I said, you see the size of that guy. Um, but yeah, Usman didn't do much when he was on top of Tafa. Lucky I was watching this one recorded, so I could skip through all that. Most most of the fight I skipped through because it was just <laughs> Usman lying on top of Tafa. Tafa not trying to get up, and Usman not really doing much, um, much damage to him at all. So. Um, horrible fight. I lost. I'll admit it. Dan had Muhammad Usman at plus 100. Your big underdog. So I, I'm not going to be happy about having watched this fight. <laughs> no. um, nobody in the whole world is. But I am going to be happy about the fact that I told everybody that Justin or Junior Taffa's uh, takedown defense is hot dog shit because it's so bad, man. If Muhammad Usman is controlling you like that, and you're right, he's big. Is his jujitsu good? No. In fact, he could have passed Junior Tafa's half guard anytime he wanted. He chose to stay there because he was like, I don't know if I go to Mount, he might like get out. Uh, he had like no faith in his own ground control. And Junior just just took that. Um, never did anything else other than open up his, his half guard. He's so bad off of his back. Um, and it's exactly what I said. Shout out to Nicholas Djurjevic for uh, exposing that weakness. <laughs> yes, forgot. It's all it's a Djurjevic factor. There's a good title for us. I'll have to look up how to spell his name, but I'll I'll do it. I will effort and do that. Djurjevic factor. Yeah, don't want to see other guy fight again, but I'm sure we will. <laughs> Both of them fight again. Definitely Usman. Um, catchway fight because William they were calling him Gomez, but I think that was just ugly american talking it's got to be gomi does it not i i think it has to be but i don't know it's got to be a silent now but anyhow we're gonna call him william gomi he came in heavy uh so he lost uh what 30 percent of his purse or something like that 20 or 30 mm percent -hmm. which uh is not fun um but he ended up winning which is rare usually fighters that miss weight lose their fights but he uh and he beat a very good fighter um with over Francis Marshall, split decision, 29-28, 28-29, 29 28 I, I thought Gomi had won the fight, even though we were on the Marshall side of things. But there you go. Yeah, I, I don't know how anybody scored this fight for Marshall. The, the only thing I could have seen um, could have been a Francis Marshall uh, draw here because Marshall could have won that last round 10-8. I didn't, wouldn't personally give him 10-8. Um, but I thought he might have been able to, you got to draw another low IQ fight though. It, it's like Marshall landed two out of five takedowns. Four of them were attempted in the third round though. And both yep, of the successful, both of the successful ones were in the last round. And he wound up with three minutes of control time in that round as a result. Like where the hell was that in round one and two? And like, would he have definitely won the fight? Who knows for sure. But like, Hey, would have had a lot of better of a chance. Yep. But they're both still decent prospects, right? As yes. long as Gomi doesn't keep missing weight. Um, and then in the in the curtain jerker bantamweights, Brady kickstand, he stand. Uh, I was gonna make a hesitant jokes, uh, saying I'm gonna be hesitant picking him going forward. I might still, even though he did come through for us. A very rare p 
pulled a uh, snatched a victory out of the jaws of defeat. You really don't see people make last minute comebacks, but he did 421 into the third round, knocked out TKO punches, did not back around, basically made him quit with his uh, with his pressure. We had him at plus 135, so we thought it was going to be a really good night. It turned out to be a mediocre night, but um, this is a rare thing. You, you really don't see beat fighters come back. No, not too not too with. Often. I mean, like the the thing is though is he's a more likely fighter to see with a big comeback because of, I mean, he's got insane cardio, right? Like his cardio is phenomenal for a dude who is fighting that kind of grueling of a fight. And and let's be honest, took some damage early. Um, he really poured it on. I know some people were complaining about the stoppage here. That referee told Dana Bakarel to move four or five times. The first three or four times he did, and then the last time he did not. Uh, so like you have to stop. He at did that not. Point. He did not. Oh, he did not. <laughs> uh, and and then he wound up finished. Um, yeah, no. So I I actually don't mind the finish. Um, and, and I certainly didn't mind scoring plus one thirty five on yeah. on Brady Stand. Also, you know, just like a fun guy to keep watching. Like he's young. Yeah, he's improving. He's an up and comer. He's clearly proving he's got like real wrestling chops. He he would. He had been figuring out a lot about the striking in this fight, too. Like, the left high kick early on against Baccarel was, like, really successful, which was kind of surprising. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him in there again. Uh, he called out uh, Christian Rodriguez. I love that fight. I love that fight a lot. Give him Christian Rodriguez. C-Rod. Um, we are firing Baccarel, Barbara Gordon, right? Three straight losses, two of them via knockout. I think you so. You want to keep the around still? He's just like the thing is he's exciting. Yeah. Um That's and, true. And Bantamweight, like, though. There's so many Bantamweights. I mean, they, they tend to get get cut quicker. There's less of a yeah, Bantamweight. I'm just thinking about that knockout against Brandon Davis and I like want to see it again. Yeah. Um well, watch so, like, it. USC Fight Pass. Go watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta use ESPN plus in, in the States. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've got Annoying. all you, you gotta have a subscription to 35 different things to, yeah. to do sales <laughs> now. <laughs> Ugh. All right. The event was kind of thick, especially for a picks. We both went five and five. Dan eked out a win, though. He lost $13 less than I did. $13 and five cents less than I did, Dan. Yeah, we, we should have <laughs> both. We should have both profited. Let's be honest. All right, we should have. You lost $122.54. I lost $135.59. It's imaginary money, though. Hopefully you did not take bet on Don't every bet $100 on every fight. That's a wild Then you're a fool. Wild it's not our fault. It's <laughs> not our fault. Um, so on the year, I'm at 61%. I am dropping. Uh, I am dropping. I was in closer to the 70s or 67 at least my usual rate dan is 49 percent, so i guess he crept up a little bit <laughs> with this performance a little bit we're, we're both we're gonna talk money, about but... my regional success in a second yes <laughs> well that's tomorrow son all right we don't record it a day in we advance don't, we don't tape these back to back talk to each other four times a week um all right so we're both down money but there's plenty of time dan nailed his lock though lucindo minus 300 which is a more of a Jeff Chalks Fox style lock than you usually try to take riskier locks, but no, this year he's doing it right. He's 10 and two on his locks. Uh, good for a 20% return on investment. How about you? Look at you go. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it is. You are phenomenal. I had Ricky Glenn did not go well. I'm at six and three. Now I am down 49 bucks. So, or down 5.5%. So I gotta, I gotta get that up. Uh, Dan's lock. We didn't mention this. Not sorry. Not his lock. His, Dog, we didn't mention it, but Priscilla Cachuera came in overweight. And then they go through the whole weigh-in thing and do all that. And then later on, they announce, oh, the fight's canceled. Like, which is pretty much every week this happens to us, does it not? Yeah, it was a pretty big bummer. And that was his dog. 
Um, so he didn't get that. I hit my dog. That was my one positive on this card. Brady, he stand plus 135. So that was nice. So I'm only two and eight on dogs this year down 53%. So I need, I need all, all these dogs to come through that I can get. We both missed on our props. He had Tavares via decision that did not go well. I had Wells via KO. At least he won, but yeah. Uh, and he had that, he had that flying knee that I thought almost did, might true. do it. Didn't get KO. And then our hungry man, John Superfan parlay catcher was half of that. So right, right off the bat, it was, it was that's in, in the toilet. And then Wells didn't knock anyone out. So there you go. There you go. That's that card. Really not much of a card. It was all right, I guess. It wasn't. Yeah, I had fun watching it. I, I, I tend to always base so on the main event do. made me made my blood boil. I had to yeah, sit around for like three hours. <laughs> I had to sit around for like three hours afterwards and calm myself down. But yeah, no, other than that. Luckily, his family is usually in bed by then. So uh, <laughs> only the dogs get yelled at, right? At that point. That's, um, that's right. Only Muggsy Bogues and Michael Bisbee. Right. And they, they don't know what he's saying. They don't care. Uh, all right, we got another fight card to wet our whistle, to wet our bank accounts this week. You see Fight Night Song versus Simon. They were supposed to fight this weekend, but they've been pushed ahead. Five-round fight to main event. This card, because Armin Saruki and Hanato Moikano fell off, and these cards are always so weak that they never have a, a, a suitable replacement fight to, to move up into the main event. So they have to move fights from elsewhere. So uh, we got Song Yi Dong versus Ricky Simone at the top. UFC Apex, sorry, once again, as per usual. Then Kayo Bahayo, who Dan just interviewed for this week's Top Turtle, right? That's correct. Yes. He's fighting Mikhail Oluwe, also also Chuck. <laughs> It's one of the ones I have fun saying. Uh, Rodolfo Vieira versus Cody Brunage. Emily Ducote tries to uh, make a comeback here against Pollyanna Vienna. Marcos Rogerio de Lima versus Waldo Costa Ortez in the battle of multiple names. And then Josh, oh, he's Joshua now on Wikipedia. Joshua Quinlan versus Ange Lusa. That he's is... not. He's not fighting Ange Lusa anymore. Lusa's oh, out no. of that fight, and okay. he's fighting uh, newcomer Trey Waters, who's fresh off of a. I think he won for Fury FC like two weeks ago. Um, Thank you, stupid Wikipedia. Yeah, but Tr- Trey Waters is taking that fight now, which you guys might remember Trey Waters too. Um, came off of Contender Series. Uh, he's the one who lost to Gabriel Bonfim, um, which is like, a, I mean, like no no shame in losing to Gabriel Bonfim. So uh, yeah, like now he's getting his chance. He's like Troy McClure. You may remember him from places, right? <laughs> Such, yeah. as Such as losing. Um, all right, so that's the main card, ESPN Plus. Prelims are on ESPN 2 and ESPN Plus. Martin Boudet, Jake Collier, Chunky Guy Battle. Julian Arosa versus Fernando Padilla. Nathan Levy versus Pete Rodriguez. The sickos already talked about that fight in the Discord. Who would be talking about that fight in advance? But no, the people that are looking to take advantage of betting lines are talking about this fight already in our Discord. Cody Durden, Charles Johnson, Inner G, we could talk about it again. Stephanie Egger versus Irina Alexiva, a new fighter, right, on the scene yeah. for UFC. Yep. Um, Brian Kelleher, Journey, Newsom, and Haley Cowan. What, third kick of the can here? Uh, uh, third third attempt Horth. to make a debut. Yes. <laughs> versus Jamie Lynn Horth. Um, and you said this was a pretty good fight card. Yeah, I, I so actually like I like a lot of these. Um, Durden versus Johnson's real weird. Um, Pete Rodriguez versus Natan Levy should be fun. Um, I'm actually excited to see Marcos Rogerio de Lima versus Waldo Cortez Acosta. Kai Bohio is always exciting. Rodolfo Vieira's grappling versus Cody Brundage's wrestling is intriguing. Um, I like the debuts of the two women, the two women's bantamweights who are going to be making debuts. Those are like real fun ones for me. 
um, including, you know, one woman who's like a really good finisher. So, uh, yeah, no, th- there's a lot of intrigue in this one. All right. And like I said, everyone is interested in it already in the Discord. So get in there if you're not already. I saw some new names pop up on the weekend, so that's always good to see. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, SGPN MMA. Gumby likes to post what he doesn't like to post to that. That is his job. He posts there for us. He's also a Gumby Reeland. I'm a Jeff Fox writer. Uh, I told you about my Substack. Sign up. You can free or you can pay, what, five bucks a month or even better. I'm, it's on sale 24 a year to get all my stuff. That's moneymma.substack.com. Listen to Top Turtle MMA podcast. So you got Kyle Bahio. Anyone else on this week's podcast? Yeah. Yeah, Jamie Lynn Horth, uh, oh, de- debuting that. Jamie Lynn Horth, which is uh, she's, she's a good good chat as well. Cool. And read all our stuff, listen to all our podcasts, uh, enter all our contests, all that good stuff over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We will be back, your host, tomorrow for regional MMA, the region being Ireland this week. We are going across the sea, and we're going to break down a fight for you. Um, so we'll talk to you tomorrow. I will remain the immortal Jeff Fox, my co-host, Storm, Gumby Breland, we'll be back too. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.